getting into the top picks and plays here for the American Express. Let's get into it. All right, so what you need to know about this, uh, the AMX. Well, I would say first and foremost, the most important thing that you need to know is that it is a three course rotation, at least for the first three rounds. So golfers are going to get three rounds. So that does kind of promote more of a studs and duds type of week. You will see we don't have that many good value plays though, which is going to make this week very interesting in terms of lineup construction. Now the main course is going to be PGA West, which is a Pete Dye course design. We got Bermuda fairways. The fairway length is about 30 yards. Bermuda greens, uh, green sizes, 5,000 yards or feet. You know, a decent amount of water hazards. When we see the water hazards start to tick up, you know, above five, that's when it does start to change the play. And the cut line, because it is a three course rotation, is typically like minus seven. Okay, so not too terrible. That's about what, two and a half or so under par. So just looking at PGA West, and it's a it's a weird sample size, okay, because it's only two rounds and the difference in rounds is our days. So one day could play easier depending on weather and whatnot, but these are the ones we kind of consistently see. Strokes gain approach, par five scoring. It's, it's kind of the same typical stuff. Uh, maybe a little bit of advantage to good dry percentage. Um, maybe a little bit more of an advantage to a wedge over like longer irons, but really it's kind of just that prototypical week. The one thing I'm interested to show you guys here is the hole by hole breakdown because both first round leader wise or just like round wise and also like showdown wise, this could be huge and even line of construction wise. So just starting with PGA West, let's look at that, which is a stadium course. Just looking at the last few years, this is how it's played. Okay. So, you know, not too terrible. Uh, let's look at last year though. Okay. So last year did play a little bit difficult. Let's look at that compared to uh, La Quinta. So those two played about the same. Now let's look at the Jack Nicholas course, all kind of playing about the same last year. Now let's look at the full sample size through all the years, Jack Nicholas course about five under par, La Quinta about four under par, then the stadium course also about four under par. So really it just comes down to which course is going to play the easiest. It would suggest maybe the Jack Nicholas course, um, but really the way I wanna attack this is I'm gonna be attacking it via showdown wise. You know, Jack Nicholas course, probably targeting that a little bit more, but it really just depends on weather um, and really who's playing in it as well. So now getting into the players with the best course history, Lee Hodges is popping up number one with only one start, okay, last year. Will Zalatoris as well. We look at Patrick Cantley, though, and we start to see some strong course history. And this is where I kind of do like targeting players that have been here before and have played well at this type of event because it is a unique event. Playing at three different courses is, is definitely unique, and I feel like it does take a certain mindset. So I will be chasing tournament history a little bit more just because they've been through the ringer. Now, I do want to call out. Two years ago, it was only a two-course rotation, you know, kind of whatever. Still, we're playing the same courses. Okay, so Patrick Cantley, you know, really good course history. Average finish over the last three starts here, 6.6. .6. Really good there. John Rahm, average finish of 10th in two starts. Sanjay M, average finish of 11th in four starts. So really good there. David Lipsky, one start. Ricky, a 21st and a 10th place finish. Obviously good stuff there. Tony Finau, 40th, 4th, and 14th. So quite clearly didn't have it going last year at this tournament, but was able to make the cut and finish 40th. Adam Hadwin. I like this course history at his price tag. 25th, 32nd, and 2nd. Andrew Putnam, our boy. He's back. 14th, 21st, 10th, and 34th. Like it's going to be extremely difficult. I'm assuming that he was just like an auto click for everyone at 8.7 8 this week. Maybe we'll see. Oh, Russell Knox has good course history. Like we are seeing a decent amount of players that have had multiple starts here and have made 
multiple cuts here. Okay, Brian Harmon's like the only one, if we go back like four years ago, has a missed cut mixed in there, but we can see better finishes as it has went on. Third last year, eighth, 21st. So really not worried about that. Let's go ahead and get into the recent form. So the golfers with the best recent form heading into this event, okay, it's going to be John Rom, Patrick Cantley, and Xander with an asterisk, you know, had to withdraw from the last event due to a back injury. So I would say probably don't use him. Taylor Montgomery popping up there. No shot there. Taylor Montgomery has really been a stud lately. Uh, we look at Tony Finau popping up there. No shot there as well. Brian Harmon, a little bit shocking, I guess, uh, but really not. Uh, 32nd last week, 16th, 2nd, 2nd, 23rd. Just been on a cut streak as well. 11 straight cuts in a row. Uh, just been tearing it up. We got Scotty Scheffler popping up there, who a little bit better of recent starts, but also, Brian Harmon's cut streak's a little bit longer. You know, really pulling teeth there. It's very fine. Thomas Dreechy, Aaron Wise. Guys, the theme here is that this field is also loaded. Okay, last week, it was pretty obvious. I don't just want to say pretty obvious, but the approach was to go fair and balanced because the field was loaded. I mean, look at how like random the the... The top of the leaderboard, it was like Andrew Putnam and Maverick McNeely for like the truly elite plays on top of the leaderboard. And I guess Corey Connors at 12th. The rest of them were solid plays, but they weren't like plays that you're going out of your way to play. They're a bunch of shoulder shrug plays. Um, that's not exactly the case this week where we do have some like more players to be gung-ho about. But at the same time, it is a tournament in which is very loaded. So I'm kind of excited for it because it should be easy to make some really spectacular builds. So we kind of get the gist of the recent form. A lot of great recent form. I mean, Andrew Putnam, been on a cut streak, coming off of a fourth place finish, ranks 12th in the field. That should really tell you everything you need to know about this event. So once again, given kind of the nature of this event and the timing of it, I'm going to be focusing on stats that are going to be most predictable in terms of making a cut and producing a good finish. I'm not going to chase like certain key stats, especially in this tournament where it is a three course rotation, where our sample size for PGA West, the stadium course is much smaller and we don't exactly know specifically which stats we need to be chasing. So I'm going to do definitely more of the general stats once again, and we can see all the, all the familiar faces popping up there. Tom Kim still, even after the rough week, Sun JM still popping up there. John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, Thomas Dietrich is an interesting name, uh, but he's been playing some great golf. Uh, Brian Harmon, David Lipsky popping up there again, and Ben Taylor also popping up there again. Very interesting names there. So we kind of get the general feel of what this tournament is going to look like. Let's go ahead and get into well the specialist and then we'll get into the top plays so i probably will be posting an update to this as well um i will be adding in i think like fairway length rough length um water hazards in play just those data points so that you guys can see it it's going to be time consuming so it might not be this week or uh probably next week Okay, but I want to add that in there because I do think it'll be beneficial for people to see that stuff. Okay, and then it's most of the weeks I went, I shouldn't say most of the weeks, some of the weeks I'm already including that in, in there if I think it's going to be a significant data point, but I just want it to be easier for people to access that type of information. So looking at the top specialists, we got Patrick Cantley, John Rahm, Taylor Montgomery, Xander, like all the names that we've kind of already seen and heard. Maybe the surprising one would be Salita Gala popping up there. I didn't really see that coming. Will Gordon as well. But for the most part, names that you would have expected to be popping up there. So now let's go ahead and get to the top four plays in each price point tier. So starting with the high tier, it's tough not to love John Rahm this week. Okay, <laughs> it's uh, I know he's coming off of a victory. And he is the highest price player in the slate. So it's kind of just like, yeah, no dice, he's the best play. Um, so it's kind of a no-brainer, right? Uh, we look at his recent form over his last 15, 5, 10 starts, ranks out top six or better and all that. Key stat-wise has one poor key stat. The rest of them are second, second, and fifth. 
So really don't have to worry about anything there. Course history wise, 14th, 6th, awesome stuff there. Recent form wise, three victories in his last four starts, a fourth and a second otherwise. That tells me that we don't have to worry about the, the post victory hangover from John Rahm. John Rahm isn't priced up enough, honestly, with how great of a play he is. And that's kind of the, the nice part about this year thus far is that given kind of the stacked fields, we have been seeing softer pricer on the truly elite plays. So John Rahm, we could take advantage of that soft price tag. And just so you guys know, if you're looking at um, you know DraftKings, I don't include the Hero World Challenge. It's a very small event that tends to overskew data uh, based off of the finishes. Okay. Um, and I do include DP Tour starts, just so you know. So after John Rahm, it's going to be very difficult not to love Scotty Shuffler this week. Sure, one bad start here. I guess that'd be the worry. But other than that, 25th and a third place finish. So good stuff there. Look at key stat wise, top 25 or better in all the key stats that we're looking at. Recent form has been pretty spectacular. One bad start mixed in there. Other than that, six straight top 10 finishes. One bad start. So I guess five out of his last six starts have been pretty solid finishes. So we can see over his last five starts, ranks out six in the field. If we go back a little bit further, I guess the form gets a little bit worse, but a top 10 specialist ranks out top five in the nine to five model should be a player that is a strong play. Um, and you could really go um, Rom and Scotty, just given the fact that their price points are a little bit cheaper. Um, going to make for great plays for you this week. Now, it does truly feel like it's Patrick Hanley week, okay? You know, at the Sony Open, we were kind of just playing him, or was it the STOC? Sorry, at the STOC, we were just playing him because, like, chances were he was going to reward us more than he was going to hurt us. It was at a soft price tag and kind of just had to play him with how they were pricing him. Um, didn't exactly work out, but it also didn't hurt you too much with the 16th place finish. His recent form, but Besides that, it's going to be second, seventh, first, 57th, second, eighth, fourth. So just spectacular starts there for Patrick Cantlay. We can see the course history is also elite. Ninth, second, ninth. The biggest worry would be key stat wise. Doesn't rank out the best key stat wise. 15th in the field. So if he does have a bad week, we're probably going to resort back to that. But I still think we are going to get a great chance at a make cut out of Patrick Cantlay. He's the second best specialist in the field, really just coming in, checking all the boxes this week. So Patrick Cantlay, to me, it's it's... It's, it's probably John Rahm and Patrick Hanley where you're, you're starting your builds out and then figuring out from there. And honestly, from those three, I would say there's a big gap with the players that you should be on next. And those are the three players that you should be going out of your way to play. The rest of them are all good enough plays. I kind of like going with Brian Harmon. I think a lot of people are not going to want to play Brian Harmon at this price tag, even if it is the correct play. Okay, Brian Harmon last week, they didn't really have his stuff, but he still finished 32nd. Still was able to make the cut. Besides that, had a 16th, 2nd, 2nd, 23rd, 15th, like just a spectacular play. And I love the fact that his starts at this tournament have gotten better recently. He started with the miscut four years ago, a 22nd, an 8th, and 3rd last year. So coming in looking really good. Fourth best specialist in the field and ranks out fourth in the 9 to 5 model. So we are getting the fourth best play at a much cheaper price tag. So that is why he's an appealing play. Probably going to be a great ownership leverage play this week. I'm guessing. I don't think people are going to want to play Brian Harmon. So this could be a great spot to gain some huge leverage on the field. So one of my biggest points I kind of made last week when talking about Taylor Montgomery is like he is the exact same play as Tom Kim, except for the fact that we haven't seen him 
recently, time-wise, okay? Play-wise, he was a very strong price point play. Kind of a little bit of a letdown, I would say, for some people um, with the 12th place finish when he was in contention to win. But now look at it, guys. 12th, 15th, 57th, 10th, 13th, 15th, 9th, 37th. I mean, just spectacular form there. Okay, so sure, you do worry about the nature of this event, kind of getting to him a little bit. So I would say he's far from a lock, not having course history. But recent form-wise is there. Stat fit could be a little bit better as well, but he does rank out as the third best specialist. So that kind of cancels out for me. Overall, Taylor Montgomery is a very, very intriguing GPP play, not someone you can play in cash. From there, we go right down the list to Cam Davis. Cam Davis was a pretty good play, good enough play, kind of considering his price tag last week, finishing 32nd. Yes, we'd want a little bit better with finish than that, but we will certainly take a make cut. Uh, so that's a 32nd, 29th. Miscut, 35th, 13th, 14th. You know, look at it, guys. Top 20, uh, if we look long-term for recent form. 39th in the field, if we look at the last five starts recent form-wise. But as a whole, top 20 in the field in recent form rank. So pretty good stuff there. Course history-wise, that's what we're chasing here. Really strong course history from Cam Davis, a third two years ago, a 29th and a 28th place finish. So Cam Davis clearly likes this tournament. He does rank out as a top 10 play because he's sort of checking all the boxes. And if it wasn't for that start three starts ago, would be coming in, checking all the boxes, would be someone that would be a much better play if it wasn't for that start. From there, it's uh, it's tough not to play Andrew Putnam this week, especially if you've been following nine to five. Um, it seems like every year there's one player that really just continues to be underpriced and really undervalued by uh, the fantasy golf industry. So far, that has been Andrew Putnam. He has been a plug and play thus far this season, and he's already probably going to be 9 to 5's player of the year, if you will. Last year was Billy Horsham. But look at this, guys. Checking all the boxes. Okay, could be a little bit better of a staff fit. 30 seconds. 36 in the field. So that would be the worry, I guess. But course history-wise, 14th, 21st, 10th, and 34th. Okay, so really strong stuff. Over the last three years, his worst finish was 21st at 8.7. Like, sure, we would definitely take a 21st place finish, especially when we consider his recent form finishing fourth last week. Okay, kind of got off to a slow start. And if it wasn't for that, you know, could have won. Yeah, hot with the putter in round three and couldn't really get anything going in uh, the final round. Still a spectacular week last week uh just keeps rallying off made cuts um really until he busts i'm just going to continue to play him because he's going to continue to be the correct play up until that point you know top 10 play in the nine to five mile i uh, just been playing spectacular golf uh gonna continue to roll with him until he lets me down pretty much and then from there like you could have made a a great choice between hadwin and also wyndham clark i think those are two pretty good plays i went with jc jg post and just given the fact that we have seen him uh recently and we have seen him be you know pretty good recently and jt poston is strange because he's had three straight 21st place finishes i mean what's going on there i mean just the like the odds of that happening are so small just given the fact that uh, players are like T whatever T 21st. So the fact that it's landed up on T 21st three times in a row, is just crazy. Uh, but looking at the course history, really good course history, uh, three out of four make cuts here, one missed cut two years ago. But besides that, all of them were uh, 37th or better finishes. So you like that there, obviously good recent form, three straight make cuts of top 25 finishes or better. Pretty much when he is making the cut, we are locking in a top 25 finish is what we can see here. So that that's a good sign. If we're going to get a make cut, we're going to get a strong you know, may cut. Uh, and at that price tag of 8K, that's highly intriguing. Uh, ranks out top 12 in the 9 to 5 model. He's at a soft price tag, kind of like last week, where I wouldn't say he's a shoulder shrug play because you do kind of want to go out of your way to play him, but it's very easy to end up on him. So Ricky is going to be a GPP only play. Okay. He is someone that, since he has made the change to his swing, 
and I'm interested to see how he looks this week, has looked very good. It it correlates pretty well. He got a swing coach, was terrible for like a year and a half, fired the swing coach. I think he instantly got a sixth place finish and then a second place finish as well, 34th place. So like four or yeah, three of his last four starts have been pretty good starts. Okay. So he's looking good. And that, that goes to question why Billy Horschel's messing with the swing. Had a great year, probably one of the better consistency years he's had and he does a swing change it's like what are what are you doing like you've been playing so well just why risk that but ricky you know pretty good course history 21st and 10th place finishes not going to rank out well because for the most part key stat wise has been terrible for the last five starts recent form wise or 10 starts recent form wise that we are bringing in that data um so not going to rank out well definitely a gpp risk but like the course history like the upside um, I might be dumb and play some sort of outright bet on him. That might be my exposure to him. Honestly, it's FOMO. I don't want to miss out on it. It's fun to be on Ricky. From there, Patrick Rogers does kind of feel like uh, JT Poston of last week, kind of given the same exact same price tag where kind of given the price point, it is easy to end up on him. So looking at recent form wise has been pretty spectacular. Ranks out uh, top 11 in the field, recent form rank overall over the last five events, ranks out eighth in the field. Um, we can see key stat wise, pretty good stuff there, key stat wise. So ranks out top 10 in strokes gained total and effective scoring. So that should tell us that he should be able to make the cut. Could be a little bit better in greens gained, okay, to set himself up for birdies, but he has been converting birdies, okay? Um, ranks out top 10 in the field there. I guess the biggest worry with Patrick Rogers would be this uh, course history, 40th, miscut, 64th. None of those finishes are really encouraging. You know, the, it doesn't provide much confidence, um, but that's why his price is slow. You ever have one of those players where you know they're in the field and you're just very curious as to where they're going to be priced because they've been on such a tear? Uh, well, that was Thomas Dietrich for me this week, and I just kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and it was kind of sticker shot for me. So I don't know if this is a little bit of like preconceived tournament bias, and it very well could be. And that's typically why I hate to look at this stuff prior to the tournament, because I don't want to have that preconceived tournament bias. Um, and that's why I don't do like the Monday morning bet stuff. I don't want that preconceived bias before we have all the data in there. Um, it just leads to bad stuff. And so I this very well could be preconceived biased. OK, but look at him as a play. Pretty good stuff there. Five straight top 15 place finishes or better. We look at the past 10 starts, the last 15 starts, the last five starts ranks top 10 there. Okay, ranks top 10 in recent form rank as a whole, 12th best specialist, key stat wise, top 12. Okay, if he had course history, he probably would be ranking out as a top 10 play in the nine to five model, but he doesn't. Okay, and I do want players that have some event history. I want that experience playing on the three different courses, but given the price tag, Thomas Dietrich is going to make for a great outright bet and also a great GPP play. I don't know if we can trust him in cash, but man. He is a very intriguing play this week. David Lipsky was a guy that was really popping up key stat wise last week and casually popping up as a GPP play. It's he's pretty much the exact same play as he was last week. And I would say this price tag is very cheap. Okay. Five straight make cuts in a row now with two top 10 finishes over his last three starts. You look at his course history also had a top 15 place finish here last year. Key stat wise, Really looking good across the board. Sure, it could be a little bit better in birdie or per better percentage, ranking out 40th in the field. But strokes gain total, top 10 in the field. Spectacular. Key stat-wise, top 20, or effective scoring, top 20. Greens gained, peppering the greens as well. So all good stuff there. As a whole, given the price tag of David Lipsky, I think he's going to be someone I might end up in cash. I know he's going to make for a strong GPP play once again this week. And so I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I'm going to bump up $100 to get to Nick Taylor for the value tier section. Okay. It is not a good 
value tiers. So it is going to be difficult to play both John Rom and Patrick Cantlay in a build together. That's the difficult part that we have this week. Okay. Um, maybe you do play someone like Nick Taylor. He has been a little bit too hit or miss recently. We can see over his last seven starts has two top 10 finishes in there. Also has mixed in a couple of top 25 place finishes has decent course history here. Uh, 33rd, 47th miscut and 40th. You know, that's good stuff. Overall ranks out as someone that should make the cut uh, top 40 in the nine to five model. Uh, the, the staff fit does worry me. Okay. So definitely a risky play, but uh, kind of considering the price tag was the best of the rest that are out there. I think Sam Ryder is kind of an interesting name, not someone you're like, I need to play. Like he'd be someone that you're playing in 2% of your builds to maybe get off of my favorite value play. Who's the same one as last week, BT dubs, um, you know, good course history. That's what you'd be chasing here. And also had a top 10 finish three starts ago. You'd be trying to get lucky in that sense. Okay. And then Austin going to be kind of the same play. Obviously doesn't rank out really well. What you'd be chasing is his start last week, really a 12th place finish. Okay. Okay. Staff it like nothing really there, but couldn't find that many value plays. And I try to give you guys four plays in each price point tier. It was tough for the value tier this week, but it also is a week in which it does make logical sense to do a little bit more studs and does because we know we are going to get three rounds out of them. Okay. So that's what makes it difficult. And they're going to be rounds in which these golfers can score on too. So that's what makes it interesting. So I would say quite clearly the top uh, value play once again this week is going to be Aaron Baddeley. Just been in such strong recent form. Race out 27th in the field over his last five starts and top 46 in the field uh, in general, which given the price tag, yeah, it does stand out pretty well. Um, and we look at the starts. Seventh last week. That was lucky. That felt good. Uh, how many people had both Aaron Baddeley and Tom Kim or Sunjame in their builds because of the 9 to 5? I'm very curious because obviously Tom Kim, uh, Sunjame were really strong plays. And it's kind of crazy just how poorly DraftKings top players did last week. That was crazy to me. But yeah, uh, it was it was reverse. You know, uh, Sunjame and Tom Kim were not supposed to be the cut sweats and Aaron Baddeley was supposed to be. Uh, Top 10 finish, and that's that's two over his last four starts. So, yes, it'll probably come to an end here shortly, but you never know. Uh, of course, history-wise, two missed cuts in a row. I obviously don't love that, but it did have a top 20-place finish. A pretty good staff at top 30 in the field. And, like, yes, we're getting a, a player that ranks on 49th in the model. Chances are he should make the cut. Not a lock, but given the price tag, he might be someone I end up on. And my typical strategy is to schedule a missed cut, uh, especially in, like, no-cut event or especially an event like this where you want to kind of pay up for the really good plays that we have. I might do that. So looking at my core plays, core play number one is going to be John Rom. Yes, he's the highest-priced player in the slate, but he truly is the class of the field this week ranks out uh, first in recent form rank a top four in course history rank ranking out just extremely well 14th sixth place finishes there um staff hit top five in the field top player in the nine to five mile uh can be pretty easy to pay up for him. I'll show you guys how to do that in the first look build. From there, it's tough for me not to love Patrick Hanley and his course history. Ninth, second, ninth. That is all extremely good stuff. The recent form has been spectacular as well. Only one bad start mixed in there with seven top 10 finishes. <laughs> so seven out of his last eight starts have been truly spectacular. Does rank out as the second best specialist in the field. Second best pick in the nine to five mile. Those are two players that, you know, you could easily start out to your build, especially when you consider this next core play. So obviously the next one's going to be Andrew Putnam. I'm going to continue to play him until he hurts us. Uh, and then probably another week after that. Okay. It's just going to continue to be the correct play on paper and logically speaking, especially this week in which he has three straight make cut, four straight make cuts with three of them being top 25 or better finishes. Okay. Recent forms. Great staff. It's a little bit of a worry, but 
on paper going to be tough not to play Andrew Putnam. So those are my core plays. Let's try to go and only three this week because honestly, the, the field is very loaded. It's tough to really dial in once again on like, let's just say Taylor Montgomery over Cam Davis or Adam Hadwin over Wyndham Clark or JT Poston. Like it's very finite there, like the decision to be on one of those players over the other. But yeah, let's start out with John Rom. Patrick Cantley, get our core plays in there, and Andrew Putnam. I think for now, I am going to go with the like schedule and a, a miscut with Aaron Baddeley, given his price tag, because that leaves us a little bit of leeway. And see, I don't like this, guys. I don't like where we're being left with. And so that's kind of the issue, is that it is going to be difficult to play three of our core plays when it is John Rahm and Patrick Cantley together. So this might end up being a week in which we are forced to go fair and balanced. So if we are doing something like that, it'd probably look more like this. Cam Davis, Patrick Cantley, Andrew Putnam, maybe still go Aaron Baddeley. That'd be for you guys to decide. And then you could go with someone like Patrick Rogers, who, you know, is a pretty good play. Or you could go with a little bit more risky play um, on paper. Go with Thomas Dietrich over Patrick Rogers. So let's go ahead and plug this into the nine to five lineup tool. So this is what the lineup would look like as a whole. You know, pretty good make cut percentage uh, really ranks out really well in model rank. Uh, we're looking at average model rank of 15th. That's pretty good. Um, when we pull in all the data, the model average as a whole is you know 25th, which is not terrible. Uh, of course, history rank, recent form rank, I guess those would be the slight worries, but they all are good stat fits. I uh, like that there. Uh, fantasy point projection, you know, probably would want that to be a little bit higher, but as it sits right now, a decent looking first look build. But that's all for this video. Uh, Jam-packed video with a lot of information for you guys. Hopefully you guys are able to take advantage of this. Uh, you know, I would say pretty awesome content and uh, have a good week. It is going to be an interesting week. It's a fun week because you never really truly know where you stand until really midway through the third round, honestly, because the three course rotation. So it definitely makes it interesting. It's a fun one. Uh, enjoy it. I wouldn't go too crazy with it, but definitely excited for it. All right. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, give a like and subscribe. That helps me continue to be able to put more content out for you. And guys, let's keep cashing.